This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? That's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Oliver, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandela, I guess, here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the major mortgage man cave. Here's Jason Walker. Yo, happy Friday. The Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave. Big, big show coming up today. We have breaking news from the high school ranks in Montana as uh, some cancellations. Smartly, already starting. Also going to uh, check in with uh, former Bobcat, Bryce Sturk. See where he ended up after being cut by, uh, my, uh, waved by Miami a few days ago. And uh, we've got uh, that bubble conversation coming up as well. How can NCAA basketball have a season? Well, there's a there's an idea being floated around, as well as some ideas being floated around on how to get the Pac-12 and the Big Ten their season in uh, in 2021, and probably going to see other schools follow suit, other conferences follow suit. So we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, also going to check in with Nicole Rajoni. She is from the uh, PAC-12 Network. In fact, she's watching uh, live, waiting for us. I hope I pronounced her name right. We didn't get a chance to talk talk, um, but it's got to be. It's got to be right. But we'll talk to her here in about uh, 15 minutes or so and um, get her updates on uh, the PAC-12 uh, canceling and, and moving everything, really, Till the beginning of the year. So we'll talk to, uh, talk to Nicole coming up. Also, I'm interested in her career. And it, it's it's pretty cool. And uh, and that's what she said. That's going to be our That's What She Said Today, brought to you by Dinner's Done Right. But that's coming up. Uh, efforting Frontier Conference Commissioner Kent Paulson as we speak. As uh, the Frontier making the big announcement yesterday, they're finally and smartly moving the football season from fall to the uh, spring, and uh, this just came out, Ohio Valley uh, FCS, their conference, uh, the final FCS conference of the 13, they just announced today they're going to be, or that uh, conference is going to be moving football to the spring as well. Uh, So a lot of stuff happening, and the big breaking news coming out of Montana today so far is that Lodgegrass, Northern Cheyenne, and St. LeBray just announced oh, about 20 minutes ago that those three schools have canceled fall high school sports because of COVID. Uh, all three schools are located in or near Bighorn County. And we know that there's hundreds of residents that have had COVID. 14 have died. And so cross-country football and volleyball, not happening. Crow Tribal Chairman A.J. Not Afraid uh, extended the reservations stay-at-home order through August 31st, and that played a role, and that extension's 
probably going to get extended even further uh, into September as uh, which school um, Harden right now and Lame Deer planning to go ahead with fall sports. But expect expect those to not happen. Uh, Lodgegrass is going to go online instruction, which played a big factor, uh, uh, obviously, in that decision as well. So um, it's a bummer. It's definitely not something any of us want, but it's happening, and it sucks across the uh, across the board. You feel bad for the seniors. You feel bad for all the kids, but they're looking out for the kids and the teachers and the adults, the elders especially, on the, the reservation. Uh, waiting to hear from Frontier Conference Commissioner Kent Paulson, so we'll start with our daily COVID update for the state of Montana. 134 new cases reported, 81 total deaths, 4,011 have recovered. Active cases jumped uh, tremendously from yesterday, now with 1,449. There are 86 currently in the hospital, which dropped from over 100 yesterday. Uh, 2,041 new tests administered, still not 200,000 total tests administered in the state of Montana. Active cases, Yellowstone County 579, Bighorn 194, 122 in Missoula County. You look at other big cities, uh, big towns in the state, 58 Lewis and Clark, 67 Cascade, 57 in the Flathead. And that number basically cut in half in the last few days, which is fantastic news. 35 in uh, Gallatin County. Phillips County still with 64 active cases. So there you go. Um, going to get an update from the frontier coming up. Um, we know yesterday they moved their fall football season. And it makes sense. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks now. Why is the frontier still planning on playing football? Well, now they're not. They're going to move it to the spring. And hopefully we get a spring season. Uh, Rocky Mountain coach Chris Stutzreim, or Stutzreim rather, I'm sorry, told the uh, uh, Montana Sports that you know he had he said he announced to the guys, and a lot of them were relieved, the players, not so much because they didn't want to have a fall season, but they have clarity, and that's something Jeff Choate talked about, Montana State coach on Monday, was we finally have some clarity. You know, now we know we can plan for the spring. It's not this, like, like Coach Choate said, quote, hamster wheel. Where the, you know, the guys are starting and stopping, starting and stopping. So now they can prepare. Uh, Coach Stutzreim said they'd like to see a return to school after fall semester. You know, uh, late January, you get a couple of weeks, and then you start a season and go from there. And I think that's fantastic. And uh, looking forward to uh, to talking to Coach. Uh, we'll talk to Coach Ryan Norse. I believe Coach Mike Moroski from College of Idaho next week will join us as well and get his thoughts. And we talked about this yesterday on the show. It made sense for the Frontier to move because the Cascade schools, College of Idaho, C of I, or uh, C of I, SOU, and Eastern Oregon, Eastern, uh, EOU, all moved because of the Cascade moving its fall seasons to the spring. Those schools then moved. They had no choice as we got the, the little one trying to get in. Woke up from her nap. She's trying to get into the uh, major mortgage man cave. 
Um, took her swimming today. She had a great time. But she uh, fell down, got a little boo-boo on her knee. So now her, her knees broke is what she said. But uh, she's trying to get in at the uh, office. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. It, it made sense, and it's a great thing that now those three schools from the Cascade that are associate members of the Frontier for Football now get a chance to play in the spring with their conference, the Frontier. So uh, kudos to the Frontier Council of Presidents for making that decision. As uh, we're still efforting Kent Paulson, the uh, commissioner, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's a smart call. I know Montana High School is still planning on playing in the fall. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't want to be negative, but it's not. And we're seeing school Moscow, Idaho, the whole school district yesterday canceled fall sports. That's the first school uh, uh, school district in Idaho. You're going to see more. You're going to see more in Montana. And uh, it's a bummer. There's no question about that. So what else is uh, happening uh, that we wanted to chat about? We're going to talk about the, uh, uh, the proposal from a uh, sportscaster who says the NCAA can play basketball this year in bubbles. It's interesting. We'll, <laughs> we'll break that down uh, a little bit later on uh, in the show. But we'll take a break. When we come back, we will uh, chat with uh, Pac-12 analyst uh, Nicole Rajoni, and uh, she will join us. She'll tell us exactly how to say her last name, but she will join us next. We'll talk about uh, her career. We'll talk about the Pac-12 decision to postpone all sports through 2020. That infects basketball. All of it coming up next here on the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing. But it doesn't yes, have to be. Okay. Let the major mortgage team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major mortgage means major service, and we will love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918. Or you can visit at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been seeing beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work. Then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark LaRoe, photography.com. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm Agent Mike Miller in Helena today. 
Fairwood Savings and what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find store-wide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find store-wide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Finally, Friday edition of the Major Mortgage Man Cave, Jason Walker Show here. And uh, just got off the phone with the uh, commissioner, or the commish, as we like to call him, from the frontier, uh, Kent Paulson. He will join us Monday at 4 o'clock. He uh, ran late with one interview. He's got another interview coming up, so uh, we'll talk to the commish Monday. On this day in history still to come, and uh, a whole lot more here on the Jason Walker Show as we wrap up the week. Bringing our first guest on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. She's going to tell us exactly how to pronounce her last name. And if I was a good announcer, I probably would have had this done already. But Nicole Rajoni, is that right? As she joins us here on the uh, Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Oh, and then we lose her right at the end, right at the beginning. This happens every time. Send a, uh, send out. We uh, will get her back on. Um, it was kind of funny because she was in uh, during the commercial. It was combing her hair, and it was it was pretty cool. There she goes. I think we're back. Okay, there we are. How are you? So is it Rajoni? Did I get that right? It's Ragoni. Ragoni. Oh, I, went the, I went with the Italian. I'm like, it's got to be Ragoni. Ragoni, you think. It's kind of like rigatoni. I am. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate well, I you joining us. us. Um, how's your summer been? How's your summer been? Um, boring. I feel like like anybody else's. I don't normally ever cover any professional sports. I was supposed to uh, cover the Hillsborough Hops out of Hillsborough, Oregon, for baseball, but then their season got canceled. All the minor leagues right. got canceled. So it's been pretty boring. I've been trying to keep up with as much news as there is. Um, I feel like we're talking a lot about the same thing, but there's definitely so many different opinions out there, and it's just. It's good to try to gather all the different knowledge and stuff, but it's been pretty boring for the most part. Um, what do you do when you're not working? Oh, gosh. Um, well, right now, normally I would be working right now. Right. But, uh, right. When I, right now I'm, like, working out. I'm babysitting my nephews a lot, <laughs> hanging out with them. Uh, my family lives in Oregon, so I'm spending a lot of time with them. And just kind of, like, in this weird waiting game with um, ESPN2 to kind of figure out, are they going to be covering any college sports this fall? Like, what if they do? What is that going to look like? And um, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. I haven't really explored any other options just yet, and figuring it out day by day. The Pac-12, the Pac-12 makes its decision, decision as Nicole Ragoni joins us here, a Pac-12, Pac-12 analyst. Um, Pac-12, Pac-12 makes its decision the other day to move everything, move everything in the fall, Nicole, from, from not just fall sports, but, but everything up to the end of 2020, of 2020 and, and uh, postpone uh, it all. Postpone That's all. a big That's decision. decision. Yeah, huge. Um, you know, as a former athlete, I played at Washington State. I played volleyball there, and... I feel horrible for these kids. Mm. Um, I feel horrible for the kids in high school that aren't getting their seasons, um, let alone college. And 
I just feel like there's no right answer here. You can't just pin it on one conference and be like, okay, well, they're canceling, so I see why we're canceling, and or maybe we should continue. I mean, there's just so many different people having many different opinions across the board, medical experts, athletic directors, people that are, that are in leadership. So it's hard to just, like, pin it down and be like, this is exactly what we're doing, when I think what we're finding out right now is what a lack of leadership there is between all these different conferences and the NCAA, nobody's really on the same page. So what does it look like if maybe the SEC and ACC and Big 12 decide to have a season? Like, what does that look like? Or, I mean, are Pac-12 and Big 10 even considering if they do go forward with the season? I have no idea. I don't have any of those answers. But, I mean, it's a huge deal. And since they are canceling it, um, what is it going to look like come springtime in 2021 is it just going to be everybody's playing kind of a free-for-all between football basketball volleyball cross-country soccer um what yeah what is it going to look like so i think it's very interesting that's why i'm kind of doing this waiting game to see what everybody's doing but so many people are, are on so many different pages and i just don't think you can be like this is exactly what we need to be doing when I think with all these different Power Five conferences, there's enough money to maybe be able to simulate some sort of bubble um, for the Pac-12 sports and for Big 12, for SEC, for ACC. Um, but it's a shame. I'm sad. I'm super sad, especially being a sports junkie, and you're probably super sad too. I mean, the mid-major schools with uh, Montana, Montana State, Eastern, Washington, they're not having their seasons either. I mean, there's just so many sports and that just aren't having their seasons. So where do you go from here and kind of what happens? You know, Nicole, the you know, intriguing, intriguing thing for me is one of the intriguing things is the Pac-12 and the Big Ten doctors saying something completely different than the SEC and ACC and Big 12 doctors. Can we have the same opinion ever? I know. I know. I couldn't agree with you more. I Like I said, I feel like there's a lack of leadership. I feel like... There, everybody needs to be on the same page, whether we're canceling or we're having a season. And I also understand why a lot of these football coaches and a lot of these players are, like, really going to bat on social media, on other networks. They're just saying, like, we're going to do what we can to have these boys potentially have a season, especially a lot of the male athletes that can have a high earning potential in sports. I mean, I know the earning potential, sadly, isn't there for women as right, much, right. but, I mean... Joe Burrow tweeted out something about how if he didn't have a season, he would have gone sixth round and he ended up being the first pick overall. I mean, that's a huge difference in if he would have had a season or if he wouldn't. Sure. So sure. I just think there's a lot that goes into it. And if I was a player, I'd probably be fighting pretty hard too. I just would want no fans, lots of testing, not being around other people. And I really think the one thing about Power 5 athletics is that most of the time those athletes across the board are – pretty dang disciplined. I mean, I know I was, and I know my team would have probably been very disciplined about not going out, not seeing other people, and just putting our nose to the grindstone, trying to figure out uh, if we are going to have a season, and we really would contain the numbers and allowing people into our space. But it just is a matter of getting everybody on the same page. And like like I said, if we're going to cancel, let's cancel. If we're not, then let's figure out a healthy, a safe way that these athletes can play their sports. And I think where it really gets mixed up is we don't know enough about the coronavirus to feel comfortable with athletes out there and coaches 
um, and other administrators, I mean, all the trainers, to really mm-hmm. have a lot of confidence to move forward. Um, we've seen it work at the NBA level in the bubble, but the NBA is just not like football. There's so much that goes into football that, and so many people, so many moving parts in production. I just, it would be really hard to do with football, but I mean, we've seen it work with the NBA and maybe somehow we could replicate it. I don't know. It's very interesting what's going on. <laughs> definitely is. Nicole Rodoni, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. Nicole, did you sense that the Pac-12 was going to go this direction uh, a week or so ago when the players came out with their united, we are united, we don't want to play unless we're guaranteed the safety first and foremost. I mean, take out the, the racial equality and all of that aspect of it, but just the COVID aspect, these kids didn't feel safe, a lot of them. You know, I, once that came out and really was public knowledge, um, I was, I was leaning towards the Pac-12 canceling their season. I was most shocked at the big, the Big Ten. I was, and leading the way on that, um, because I didn't hear a ton of, of muffle, muffling, like, rumors about the Big Ten canceling, but, um, the Pac-12, I was hearing more things. And on our end, just getting information as announcers, I was hearing kind of, they were very, very, very skeptical about it. And rightfully so. Like, rightfully so, 110%. And the athletes, too. I mean, a lot of a lot of athletes come out of college, and we've been injured in some sort of form. Luckily, I didn't have any major injuries, but I still have some, like, shoulder pain, ankle issues. And imagine getting the con- the coronavirus and then having, like, heart issues or lung issues, some of the things that are coming out about people that have had coronavirus and that they end up taking on these other health issues, I can see where the players would be nervous about it. Um, The whole We Are United movement, I mean, I I get it. I understand why why they felt a need to take a stand, and I also understand the players that say, hashtag, we want to play, because it's their last season. So, like I said, there's just I just feel like there's no right answer. There's You can't go one way and be like, yes, we need to be doing this, or yes, we need to be doing this. I think we can all agree on if we don't have college sports, we really do need to get this coronavirus under, like, down right. a lot further right. than where it's currently at. Everybody needs to be wearing their masks and taking it very seriously. Well, Montana State football coach well, Jeff Choate came out Monday and said, you know, he doesn't even no, think there's going to be a spring season. And if there's a decision there's on it, it has to be made by, by November. We can't have this can't constant have this going, back and, going forth. back and forth. Will we, will we will not? We, will so, we not? I mean, so, do you agree with that? The decision has to be made for the spring before the new year? Without a doubt especially in football. I mean, volleyball, you can do it. You don't have a draft. You don't have the money and all the different sponsors and just all the other sports that, and not taking away how great those sports are. I'm just saying football is a huge production. Right. And it brings in so much money. So just that out on the gate, those are facts. But there does need to be a decision. I mean, a lot of these kids, I wonder if they're even going to want to play because what if their draft stock goes down um, and they get injured, like right before the draft? I mean, are they going to want to play in the spring? And definitely there does need to be a decision. Um, and I can't imagine in football either playing, what, 10 games and then turn around less than six months later, you're playing a full season. And 
having potentially more injuries and all the scholarship issues that are up in the air right now. I mean, it's just a lot. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And I'm not hearing that from anybody. That's not, that's just my personal opinion that it would be really hard to have a spring season. Um, But again, is it something where it's optional for players? Like, do they, if we do have a spring season, is it going to be optional? So I, I just don't know. Football's an interesting one. I say volleyball, go ahead. Like in soccer, please have a season because there just isn't the the amount of people that attend those games. They're a lot easier to be controlled. I mean, I know in volleyball, when um, the play's over, the ball gets rolled off the court and then wiped down, and then a new clean ball comes in already. Right. So right. having more safety issues of when you're playing another team, having that ball get uh, rolled off and then sanitizing it completely, not just wiping it down and trying to make it clean and getting off the sweat – I know I, it seems like it could be feasible, but I well, football is just so hard, and it just there's so many people involved. <laughs> uh, this decision, uh, this affects decision affects directly, directly schools here in the Big Sky Conference in the, the FCS. Montana, Montana men's basketball, basketball was looking to play, looking to play at least three Pac-12 opponents in the non-conference. The women's basketball, women's basketball as, well. as well. Montana State Montana football State loses the game, loses game um, which uh, ended up not mattering anyway because there's no non-conference no matter what. But, but, I mean, this has ramifications, not just in the past, well, but it affects affects other other conferences conferences and other leagues as well. well. Right. It it really does. It's from the top to the bottom. Um, I think it also affects a lot. So my my parents were both Grizz at uh, University of Montana. Oh. And just in Montana. And so we were just kind of walking through Missoula, and I couldn't believe how much it, like, economically it's going to impact. I mean, thousands of people are traveling to Missoula, little old Missoula, Montana, and they're having their hotels, their tailgating, like tailgating tickets, their RV tickets, to just have a spot to be able to tailgate. That all gets back into the university. Um, the the restaurants that rely on this business, I mean, there's just going to be such a big impact, and it's really sad. It's, it's terrible, and especially the smaller communities. I mean, even Pullman, for goodness sakes. Yeah. All those small, small restaurants yeah. and vendors are all going to be impacted, and it's really sad. You look at Pullman, you look at Cheney. I mean, they're, they're, they're Cheney, so similar, and they're close to each other. I mean, it's so sad how it affects so everything. So were you born everything. in Montana? Were you born in Montana? No, I wasn't. My brothers, so I have two older brothers, and they were born in Montana, and then I was born in Portland. Oh, okay. Well, and then you're okay because you weren't born in Missoula. I, I grew up in Bozeman. I used to announce for the Bobcats um, in stadium announcing for uh, basketball and football and volleyball. So um, I'm not a girls guy at all. I'm not a girls guy at all. I get it. I totally get it. You know, um, the first ever sideline reporting game I did was with Larry Weir. Um, at Eastern Washington, mm-hmm. and it was versus Montana State, and it was just a regular conference game a couple years ago. So well, that's awesome. That's funny. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I, yeah. Larry was uh, just, Larry just on the show last week. He's a good, good dude. Good dude. Really good dude. He like really helped me right out of college. Just see some potential in myself that I was just like, can I even do this? Right. Um, right. And he got me that gig. Actually, he made it happen. So I'm very thankful for Larry. I actually need to. Talk to Larry now. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> uh, Nicole Ragoni joining uh, us here, Jason Ragone Walker Show, Mike Miller Safe on Hotline. Well, speaking of your career, is this something you always wanted to do? Was sports broadcasting? Sports broadcasting. Um, 
No, but I will tell you this. I always wanted to be involved in sports as a profession, and I didn't really know what that looked like in college. I knew that it might have been maybe sports marketing, um, sports management in some sort of way. Uh, I thought, so I started off at Eastern Washington playing volleyball there, and we did a fundraiser down at SWX in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got the kind of the TV thing in my head at that point. And I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And then I, I think it was like my senior year in college. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for this. I'm going to try it because this could be a really cool career. I would get to do exactly what I love. My favorite part about sports broadcasting is all the amazing stories that these student athletes have either went through or currently going mm-hmm. through. I'm just obsessed with success and programs of how they continue to have success year after year after year, or even programs that keep failing year after year. Why? And I think my curiosity is something that is pretty pretty natural, and then put the sports on top of it, it just drives me a ton. So that's kind of how I got into it. I actually reached out to, again, Larry Weir, and um, just kind of ambushed him one day, went to a Eastern Washington basketball game um, after my senior year of uh, volleyball was over at Washington State, and I just went up to him, and I was like, hey, I want to get involved in this. What do I need to do? And he kind of laid out the, I guess, I mean, as you know, there's really no exact way to get into this. It's exactly. just kind of random. Exactly. You keep, keep kind of like fishing and fishing and hoping you're going to get something, and then every once in a while you do. Um, and that's kind of how I got into it. I got an internship at SWX downtown in Spokane uh, when school was over, and then I was working the anniversary sale at Nordstrom at the <laughs> same time, and uh, Pac-12 Network called. I did a radio game in the fall or in the spring for spring volleyball at Washington State, and they got a hold of it and called me. And uh, that, that next fall, I was doing a bunch of games for them. Um, and then I got an NCAA game, which was amazing. I got the first and second round with uh, Rich Burke. We were doing Oregon versus uh, New Mexico State and another Oregon game. I can't quite remember. There's been lots of volleyball games in between there. But that was super exciting. So that's kind of how I got into it. I am i won't lie. It was a little bit of a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. But that's that's how I got into it. Well, I'm glad I reached out to you because this is it's a great well, story. Where do you hope to go from here? Where do you hope to go from here? Um, so I think immediately right now, obviously waiting for sports to come back and what it's going to look like. Um, but I would love to get into football more. I do, uh, booth coordinating and talent managing for ESPN, um, during football season. So I travel with one of their football crews. And so I've gotten my, kind of my feet wet. Uh, Molly McGrath was the sideline reporter for my crew. So she's a really great help and mentor for me. Um, I just want to be able to do as many sports as I possibly can, sidelines or analyst. Um, I don't have an itch to be an analyst for like football or baseball or any of that. Never. I I wouldn't knock it if they gave me the opportunity, but um, I just think that right now I would love to be a volleyball analyst for ESPN and kind of see where things go and just keep working on my craft, taking opportunities like this Um, and watching lots of volleyball, just getting used to the best announcers in volleyball and seeing what they're doing and what makes them so good at being an analyst for volleyball. And I'd love to get on the college football sidelines. I love, love, love college sports. I just, that's my thing. Um, I I like the NBA, I like the NFL, but there's just so much raw emotion 
in college sports, and it kind of has a little bit of the high school. Like when you go watch a high school football game, you can tell that these kids just have so much energy. They're like every little play means so much to them, and you get a taste of that at the college level, even though. It's still amateur. They're not getting paid, but there's still kids that have walked on, like earned their scholarship. There's kids that have just come from such brutal circumstances back at home, and to get this opportunity could potentially change their life. And that's what I love so much about college sports. So I just, I just want to stick with college sports as much as I can. If I get any opportunities anywhere else, I'll go through the door. But that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Uh, so, do you find it easier uh, so to do volleyball, you because, you do volleyball because you played it, or is it harder to do volleyball because you played it? You know, you're spot on about that. <laughs> um, it is, it is, it is hard as a former player because sometimes you have opinions and you're like, "Can I say this on air?" Like in your head, you're thinking, "Can I say this on air?" Right. <laughs> um, right. But then right. it also is easier because you can break down replays and be able to reach the viewer that has a lot of knowledge about volleyball. Um, and then you got to be able to break down replays to the viewer that doesn't have a lot of knowledge about volleyball. And I think that that's the best way you can go about it. Um, I have been talking volleyball for so long, and I was a setter uh, at Washington State. And the setting position, you're just like this all day mm-hmm. long. You're just yeah. constantly talking. And so naturally, I think the transition into the analyst position was easier for me because of having to work with outside hitters, middles, right sides, DSs, liberos, like every different position, and knowing exactly what they do. I have to know how to make these hitters and how to make these hitters want to score when they don't want to score or they can't score <laughs> or putting them in situations and opportunities where we're putting the our best hitter against their worst blocker, matchups, yep. different plays, yep. and working with my DSs to pass balls lower so we can get – our offense moving quicker or higher because our hitters are just tired at this point and they got to have a little bit more time. I think the transition from being a setter to the analyst role is pretty easy in that regard. But sometimes, you know, it can be difficult when you're like, can I say this? I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> yeah, well, you find that as a, I use, I do play-by-play, so you find that as a play-by-play guy, too. You're, you're like, well, I don't know if I can say that or not. It's tough. I did hockey for the first time last year. Okay. Which, you know, Which, I, I you watch know, it. I love hockey. hockey. I've never broadcast it. And I found and it was, um, in fact, I did with SWX, those guys. It was, it was fun. It was, and it was fun. And it's something I'd love to do again. It's something I'd love to do again. Would you do hockey? Yeah, well, hockey's hockey? really fun. Hockey's a great sport. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicole Ragoni uh, joining us, Pac-12 analyst, Jason Walker Show. A couple Let's final questions. I'm gonna, I could keep you all day, but, um, with volleyball, it's, and, and I love it, like I said, I used to be the PA announcing it. It's in play by play at Montana State. Is it libero or libero? Because I've heard both. Libero. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 110%. It's libero. I love it. Are you a fan of the rally point? Did you ever play the old style? My mom did. <laughs> uh, Montana. Uh, no, I never played it, and I don't think I would be a fan. The, my favorite part about volleyball is how quick it is. Yeah. And so it's yeah. just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The rallies are long, and they've gotten longer because the refs, the style of volleyball isn't as clean anymore. Um, setters can have a little bit of spin on the ball, and you can have a overhead contact on the first 
play. Mm-hmm. So it's not as clean, but it's still pretty clean. Like at the highest levels, at Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, SEC, those those levels, they're, they're very clean volleyball. But um, I don't think I would be a fan of the rally scoring. I think it, I'd be like, this is just too long. Like, why are we still here? <laughs> yeah, it, would, it took forever. When I first started doing PA, I was there for hours. I was there for hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my mom said. She said that some of her games would get over at, like, midnight, 1 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. It was already hard enough playing best 3 out of 5, especially <laughs> at the Pac-12 yeah. level, because most of the time you're at least going 4, and for sure probably going 5. Right. And then right. on top of it, the scores are, like, 25, 23, 22, 25, 24, 26. <laughs> like, they're just tight games. And so we got out of there, I guess, game would start at like seven we for sure were getting out around 10 yeah uh did you yeah. ever how many uh, you, how many times in a row did you do the little dink, dink shot did because that drives me nuts when setters just dink it when setters just dink it you know i am not a little dinker i'm like a power dumper like if i'm up there i'm gonna score i'm not just gonna try to dink it over okay. i have friends that are other setters okay. that like are totally into just kind of sneak attack like a quick set over i am much more aggressive i'm like if if my hitters are not taking care of the ball, I am going to take care of the ball. <laughs> That's awesome. I That's love awesome. that because it drives me nuts when I'm watching. And the setter just thinks in their head, I got this every time I'm going to dink it like five times in a row. And their team knows it's coming. Their team knows it's coming. Yeah, yeah, they do. Especially some setters are not very smart at the time that they're going to be doing it. Or and that's what I'm talking about. Can you can you say that on air? Can you say that during the game? Oh, that that was a big part of her. And I have. The thing is, is I definitely have. Like, I've said those things before. Like, if you're going to do it, if you're going to tip over the net or you're going to power dump, you got to make sure you know you're scoring because you got three other hitters in the front row, maybe two if the setter's front row. And you got to know. you got to know. These girls want to hit. That's what they do. You set. So if you're going to go in there and you're going to take away one of their kills, you better get the kill. That's exactly That's right. Exactly yeah, don't right. give the other, team, give a the other team a point. Nicole Ragoni joining us, Jason Walker show. What I love about, volleyball, love about volleyball is, especially at the upper levels, the Olympics the levels, are the, the Olympics greatest, but the, the greatest. upper levels of college, the, the upper level of college, it's so fast, like you it's said, so but fast, you've got you said, movement. I mean, we don't know if you're setting behind you, in front of you. You've got three girls jumping all at once. It's just wild, and it's just fun. It is really fun. I, the the Pac-12 is a special conference. I mean, they have the most national championships for volleyball. And just to go, like, I had friends in college that would just come see me play for the first time ever in college when I'd come to, like, Oregon, Oregon State, or various Pac-12 schools. They would be amazed at how tall, how athletic, how strong, how big, like, literally – our bodies in college just were bigger. I mean, I was bigger. My, I remember going to cover, I'm two years out of it now, and I was going to cover UW versus Cal. And girls that were my size, 5'8", they were still, they were bigger than me. And not like in a weird way, they were just stronger right. than I am. I just right. forgot how much strength and conditioning I used to do. And they just they just build you a different way. They You like literally are supposed to take up space on the court. And being 5'8", Versus, like, some of my teammates that were 6'5", I didn't take up as much court, so they literally, like, forced me to be this bigger athlete, and it's incredible. It, I mean, these girls are just so talented, on and off the court, too. Yeah. So yeah. talented, and it's cool. I mean, even at the Big Sky level, very competitive volleyball. The athletes just aren't as big as, like, Big Sky football, but it's still incredible to watch them. 
Um, but my teammates, I mean, a lot of them are overseas. They're in France or Switzerland or South America. I mean, they're all over the place. I got a friend in New Zealand. Um, they're everywhere. They're still playing. For me, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. But, but <laughs> they, they are still doing it, and it's, it's pretty awesome to see. When you bring up the size, and that's when an interesting thing for size, me, you go from covering high school, and I worked in TV for a, a few years, so you, you're filming these high school teams, and then you go film a D2 school, but then you go and see the D1 athletes or the Olympic girls, and you're like, holy cow, I mean, I thought a girl at 6'1 was an outside hitter was big in D2. She's not 6'5", 6'6". Well, you know... Those girls that are about six one, that's about as short as you can get in some of those conferences. Um, that's it's just the way it is. I couldn't have hit at that level. Um, at the big sky, I could have hit, but that wasn't my passion. That wasn't something I was really passionate about. But the six one and up is kind of where the Olympic and Pac twelve and Big Ten specifically, those two conferences specifically, uh, they kind of hang. And then the ACC is a little bit smaller. The SEC is a little bit smaller, um, but. Big 12 has some really great schools, too, with Texas. I mean, they've yeah. won multiple national Nebraska. as well. Yeah. But Nebraska. Think, yeah, in Nebraska. Um, you know your volleyball. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, but it, it, it really is amazing. And I am so grateful that I got to see volleyball as an athlete at that level because the work that goes into it day in and day out to make sure that your skills are up to par, that you can even just play in the gym with these girls and it's, it's something that you have to see in my opinion like if you love college sports if you like volleyball even a little bit and go to like a Pac-12 game or a Big Ten game or wherever go to a Division One volleyball game and you are going to be so impressed I mean the way these girls are diving on the court I mean I was more impressed to be quite honest as an announcer than I was even when I was personally playing oh wow that's impressive um, oh, yeah, wow, I, I, Nebraska, because yeah. I, I covered uh, Nebraska yeah, State in the Armac, and they won their region. We got to go to Nebraska Kearney, and that was uh, when Nebraska, Nebraska was, I mean, this would have been early 2000s, so, so, like, so, like national champs in Nebraska Kearney in D2, you had Nebraska being so good in D1. I mean, it was just, there's so much great volleyball in that state. It's like they don't have anything else to do. And they're all all girls. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> hey, what was it like the first time you go hey, into a place like, like UCLA, UCLA to play like volleyball against a, a, a Pac-12 team like UCLA that, and or USC that has just has this tradition? Um, I think probably after this conversation, you're going to realize I'm pretty aggressive. <laughs> so going into UCLA, um, we. we we were good when I was at Washington State. We were really good, and they're still good. Um, but I, I was excited and honored and respectful to the fact that they have such a long history of doing so well in the NCAA tournament. And just, you you know UCLA basketball. You know UCLA football. You know UCLA volleyball. I mean, UCLA is just special right. if you get the opportunity right. to go play there. But I was pretty fearless. I mean, I walked in. In that gym, I was like, "We're gonna win this game." We ended up winning, <laughs> but um, it, I mean, it was it was awesome. It's amazing. I mean, going to these conferences that, again. That's why I love college sports. I love the underdogs. I love athletes that just don't even care like who's there, who's on the other side. They're just gonna go out there and fight. Um, 
And then I love the athletes on the other side, like Stanford or UCLA, that are just have been groomed basically and had have this talent that is outrageous and that nine times out of ten they're probably going to be in the national tournament or winning their conference. But you got other schools like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State that are going to give them a run for their money. I mean, UW, they have got one heck of a program right now um, and have and have since the early 2000s and up until now. Keegan has done a great job and Jim McLaughlin making that program such a power and a threat across the country. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I, I love it so much. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk a lot of volleyball here. Um, when you're when you're preparing for a TV game, how do you watch film of those teams different than when you were a player watching film? You know, I really don't watch it that much different. I don't watch it different at all. I think the, the fact that I was around coaches that throughout my entire career from – playing at Oregon Juniors Volleyball Academy to uh, going to Eastern, going to Washington State. I've been around some really intelligent coaches that have kind of helped me be able to break down film, understand offenses, understand weak spots. I mean, in volleyball, there's some areas on the court that are open on every single defense. It doesn't matter. It just the athlete on the other side is going to be able to take certain balls better Mm -hmm. than other defenses, just like in any sport. Um, But my preparation for the game – I study the athletes like anybody else. I look for stories. Um, I talk to some of the players. I go into a lot of the practices. I always go to practice for uh, whatever team I'm covering because it's really important for me to kind of see what the culture's like um, and see how the girls are because every girl's different. Uh, Every attitude's different. You kind of get a good vibe and a good read on the coach the respect level between the girls and the coach, if there is or isn't one. And, not, and that's not necessarily information that I air on air, right. but you just get to see the culture. Right. Um, and I, I, I will religiously always go to practice. I love watching it on TV. You get to see them at their best and what they've perfected for the most part. But then when you go to practice, you get to know what they're working on. And then when you see them working on it in practice, you talk to them afterwards and then they implement it in a game, it's just another thing to talk about on air. Because volleyball, I mean, it's like like three hours. (laughs) And so you want to be able to kind of have that relationship with players, relationship with coaches. My relationship with coaches is really important to me just because they've given me access to sometimes things that I didn't even think they would give me access to. Um, So I get to learn about their program. And secretly, as a former Pac-12 player, I now get to understand why certain programs are so good. Right, and right. that's that fascination of okay, year after year, U and Dub is so good at serving. Like, why are they so good at serving? And now I get to go to practice. Now I get to learn. Now I'm not sharing information by any right, means, right. but my for my own knowledge and my own curiosity, I get to really understand why these programs are so good, or why some of the programs like aren't getting better. Um, and you and you get to see these coaches that are at these high level programs: Stanford, UCLA, USC. Why they get these jobs? Why they've hung on to these jobs? Why they've had so much success? Maybe why they're not having success anymore? Um, you just get to figure it out going to practice. I mean, the, the film can only tell you so much. Yep. It tells you yep. like just the basics. But when you go to practice, you get to implement and see what is truly going on in the program. Um, jump surf or uh, jump surf do normal surf? Normal surf. Uh, jump float. Yeah. Ooh, nice. And jump nice. top spin too. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, um, and then what was your mom's name? What was your mom's name? She played with the Grizz. Wendy Hoyt. Wendy Hoyt. Wendy Hoyt. I'm going to do some research over there. Yeah. 
So when did she play? So when did she play? Um, her years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh shoot! I think the eighties. Oh okay. Oh okay. So that was I'm long not, before I'm not entirely I sure. I should. I should know. I should know. Honestly, I should get her over here and I have, like she's probably downstairs somewhere. But she probably had the old, like just terrible jerseys. Jerseys. Oh, they're you know. Oh gosh, I the way this like little in-house studio is set up, I would go grab their pictures over here, but. Um, yeah, they're 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 not cute. It's the they're, copper, it's the copper um, yellow. Yeah, yellow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When they decided okay. to go away from that, I think that was the best thing the university could have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because those colors, they're not cute. Like that, just mustardy yellow, just puke yellow. <laughs> and then, <laughs> what, did your dad play over there or anything? Yeah, anything? he did. He was um, a nose guard. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. He played all four years there and loved it. Absolutely loved it. So he would have yeah, so been there about the time, the time they built they Washington Grizzly and, and he started getting good? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I believe Van Deest was his coach. Oh, Mike Van Deest. Oh, Mike Van Deest. Carroll College. Yes. Okay. And, um, okay. yeah, I, I, yeah, Carroll. Um, my brother so, played at so. Carroll. So, um, yeah, they, they were getting good when he got there, yeah. Okay, were. yeah, so Van Deese yeah, so was, was there, and then that whole then staff, staff got fired, I think, in 85. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, so my dad's four years older than my mom. I wish I wish I should have came prepared. I feel like an idiot. Well, <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. I would have been prepared. I should have known. Um, very cool. Very That's cool. just awesome. That's just awesome. It's such a small world in the world of sports. Sports. So small. It's fun though. Like once you're in, like you, these people oh, yeah. are oh, yeah. attached to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I can't wait to ask uh, that, Coach Van Dijk about your dad. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a good conversation. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I appreciate um, the time. I appreciate I, there, the time. I, like I said, I, I could just I go on and on, but I do have other I, stuff I probably should talk about here on the show. But I hope. I hope. Do you have security? Do you have security? If there's no sports there's until, no sports next, until fall, next fall, are you still going to be having a job? Because that's a big question right now for a lot of, right now, a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah, I, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> I really don't know yet. I, um, so working for ESPN, I'm still with them and for load. But um, Pax Hold Network, I was a contract work anyways based on how okay. many games they give you and whatever. And last year, because I was doing uh, college football, I didn't do as many volleyball games on air, but college football is really where I want to land. I want to be able to do volleyball and college football um, during the fall. So, I mean, right now I'm just kind of hanging out doing the waiting game. Maybe if there is some sort of volleyball, I'll be doing it. I don't know. Um, not for the Pac-12, of course, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. It's just it's hard. I have my family that lives in Portland, so I'm able to crash with them, but... Just figuring it out. Um, it's, I, I knew it was a tough industry going into this. I knew kind of the process is really hard. Um, and I know a lot of people kind of get out of it. They just are just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, they're not getting the breaks they want. So I'm hanging in tough, uh, still preparing for whatever could happen, staying up on stories and learning more about other sports, um, taking advantage of the free time for sure. But that's about the security I have. <laughs> Hanging Tough, a song Hang popular when your mom played volleyball at the University of Montana. The University of Montana. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Nicole, I appreciate the time. Um, what a fun chat. I, I look forward to talking with you down the road. And put, uh, put a good word in for me with your boys at ESPN, and uh, let, let's start working together. I think that would be cool. 
Sorry, I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, I said uh, put oh, a good word in with ESPN, and then next fall, you and I can work together. You and I can work together. Oh, of course. I like Definitely. that. Definitely. I will for sure. I like, I like that. that. Hey, Nicole, appreciate like the time. Hey, Nicole, appreciate um, stay the safe time. And, uh, stay safe and, and, uh, and appreciate it again. And appreciate it again. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me, Jason. That Bye. is Nicole Ragoni joining us, Pac-12 analyst and uh, works for ESPN as well on uh, the Jason Walker Show. That was awesome. That was flat-out awesome. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. You learn, it's such a, like I said, it's a small world. Her mom and dad play for the Grizz in the 80s, and she was just in Missoula and had family from there. So that's very cool. Appreciate Nicole joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. This segment sponsored in part by our friends at Mark LaRoe Photography and Rutgers Furniture. We're coming right back here on the Jason Walker Show. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place? Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work, then Give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark MarkLaRoePhotography.com Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Dinner's Done Right is open and ready for you to stop in and stock up for the summer. How does a Big Sky Flank Steak sound or a Sage Roasted Pork Loin? June's menu also includes a Parmesan Tilapia and a variety of fantastic chicken cuisines and more. And if that's not enough, Dinner's Done Right's Grab and Go Soup Salad and Nacho Bar is back as well, with one exception. The delightful staff now will make it for you. And don't forget deliveries to Bozeman and Great Falls on select days. Stop in at 1212 Cedar Street in Helena or visit dinnersdoneright.com. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. 
Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Ah, finally Friday. Jason Walker Show. Major Mortgage Man K, thanks to Nicole Ragoni for joining us. That was, uh, that was fun. Just talk volleyball was cool. Just went a completely different path. We, we planned on talking COVID. We had planned on talking, uh, Pac-12 and her career and then, which we did. And then all of a sudden just, Veer off onto uh, the volleyball track. That was fun. That was fun. Um, she's going to be a, a successful um, analyst and a successful uh, broadcaster. There's no question about that. All right. Uh, Frontier Conference Commissioner Kent Paulson will join us on Monday. Um, he was uh, he was unavailable. When we uh, had him booked originally, and then he had another couple of interviews to do, so we'll get him on uh, on Monday. Also lined up Mike Morosky next week, the head coach at the College of Idaho. Also, um, we were gonna remember we were gonna talk to Lance Hartzler from NAU beat writer today. Um, we moved him to Tuesday because of all the news about the frontier yesterday, and of course the high school. And we talked about Moscow, Idaho. Uh, that school district canceling its fall sports season, including football. And uh, we've got uh, Montana schools, Northern Cheyenne, Lodgegrass, St. LeBray, canceling fall sports. Uh, Michigan canceled or postponed as well. Um, where did it go? Uh, so we got the Moscow, Idaho. Oh, Michigan moves high school football to the spring. But it keeps its other fall sports in the fall. So basically, they're telling you that as long as we say football, we don't care when you play. Your safety's not of concern as long as we can have football. Uh, North Dakota State had planned on trying to get a game with Nebraska. They are not going to play at all non-conference in the fall. Because this is an interesting point. NCAA bylaws do not allow for a split season. So... FCS teams that were planning on playing in the fall semester, non-conference. This, according to Craig Haley uh, from Athlon Sports, must secure multiple waivers to compete in the spring semester. Now, a lot of those subcommittees are going to approve that recommendation and those waivers for the NCAA approval, but you have to still fill these waivers out. So we're finding out more and more of these FCS schools that say, okay, we're going to move to the spring conference. We'll try to play three or four non-conference games like the Ohio Valley. Well, if you play in this in this in the fall, there's a good chance you might not be able to play in the spring. So we're going to see more of these movements. Uh, Bryce Sturk picked up uh, uh, off waivers from Cincinnati. He was uh, waived from the Dolphins a couple of days ago, and uh, you know, remember remember when he signed with the Dolphins? As an undrafted free agent, they removed him from D end to tight end, and 
now he's back to defensive end, where I think he had 15 sacks last year, 20 TFLs. So um, there's that. Check this out. Pete Thamel from uh, uh, Yahoo reports. Uh, he, he said he spoke to a group of five athletic director today. Now, the group of five is not the power five, but the group of five is just below the power five. He said, according to this AD, it'd be more expensive for his school to play than not play because of uh, reduced revenues and increased costs related to the testing and the other COVID measures that the NCAA is enforcing. It would be a $1.5 million loss to cancel. It would be a $2.2 million loss, a million dollar loss to play this fall. And now you understand why the big sky had to move. Now you understand in part why the frontier has to move. I mean, think about this. The testing itself is expensive. And these schools can't afford it. There is a proposal from, uh, I saw on SI.com, for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 football. Ready? You have uh, opening weekend, January 1st and 2nd. Then you have the second and third weeks. You played Thursday and Friday night. And then you go back to Saturdays, the end of January. You have a bye weekend, the first weekend of February for the Super Bowl, assuming the NFL has one. And then February 28th would be the final week of the regular season. You have your title game, March, the Big Ten title game, March 6th. And then you have the national playoff, either the 13th or the, through the 20th, or the Rose Bowl. Now, the NFL, and we've heard this, the NFL is more than willing to accommodate teams and conferences playing in the spring. So you move the NFL combine back, you move the NFL draft back, possibly to May or June. Interesting. All right, uh, I th- uh, we've talked about this briefly this week, and we're running a little bit late, but that's all right. There's no time limits on this show. Gary Parrish from CBS Sports is talking about how to have a college basketball season. And he says you put conferences in a bubble because you have to have the NCAA tournament in a bubble because it generates more than $900 million in ad revenue. That money was lost in the spring, those schools, NCAA schools, would love to have a portion of that $900 million. So here is his recommendation. You start conference bubbles in January. Now, the lo- he says the locations and dates of the bubbles uh, could be left up to the individual conference and its TV partners. But conference tournaments have to be completed by the afternoon of March 7th in advance of the selection show. He says the leagues, how it gets there is up to them. One idea, Gary Parrish says, would be to train on campus in late December, early January, then travel to a bubble on January 10th. So the Big Sky, for instance, moves to, let's say, Boise. That's where they have their conference tournament. But everybody in the Big Sky, men's and women's basketball, goes to, let's just say, Boise on January 10th. Everybody then gets tested. And then everybody quarantines. And then you get more and more tests. And then 10 days later, you start games on the 20th. And you play every other day. So that way you complete a 20-game conference schedule by the last weekend of February 
And then the first weekend of March is when you have your conference tournament. Crazy, right? Is it feasible? Because here's the thing. How do you take all these college kids, and this is a problem you're having now with just individual campuses, but how do you take all these college kids, especially this point? Two points. One, how do you take them all, put them in a bubble, and expect them to listen? Okay. Now, Nicole Ragoni said her team back in the day at Washington State, they there wasn't they they were there for the volleyball and for school. They weren't there to party it up and 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 whatnot. Now, here's the big point: NCAA and FBS football. This has been the rub on FBS football for years. This is why they can't have a true playoff, the college football playoff, which is four teams. It's a joke. But this is why they can't have it, because students miss too much time away from campus. So can you take student athletes off campus and put them in a bubble for more than two months? We're going to discuss this more next week. I'm very intrigued by this. I'm not sure I agree with it yet, but I'm intrigued by it. And I think it's very interesting. Gary Parrish, CBSSports.com. It's an interesting idea. I'll say that. And it's going to be, if it happens, crazy. Crazy. All right. Um, Great article on SI.com by Pat Forty. Basically uh, says that um, there are some uh, athletic people who say that by that that by by soon all fall sports will have to be postponed in all conferences and i think he's right all right let's get to uh today today is august the 14th 2020 it is national creamsicle day gross it is national vj day 1945 vj day japan surrenders unconditionally to end world war ii it's also celebrated on August 15th, depending on the time zone. 1920, the 7th Summer Olympic Games opened in Belgium. First time the Olympic Oath was voiced. First time that doves were released to symbolize peace. And the first time the Olympic flag was flown. 1936, U.S. beat Canada 19-8 in poor outdoor conditions to win the gold in the first men's basketball competition in the Olympics in Berlin. 1937, Detroit Tigers scored 36 runs in a doubleheader. 1969, my New York Mets were nine and a half games back on this date in 1969 in the National League. They went on to win the World Series. They're first. The Mets are like me. You heard the, you've, you've heard my open, right? Um, here, we'll give you a taste of it. So what he says here at the beginning. This is the Jason Walker Show. After this. Right here. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year. And three-time loser. All right, so I've been a finalist five times. I've won twice, lost three. That's like the World Series. That's like the Mets. They won in 69 and 86. And they lost in 73. They lost in 2000. And they lost in 2015. So I'm like a New York Met. 
which is fine. All right, anyway, 1987, Mark McGuire set the rookie home run record at 39. He would end up with 49 for the year. Happy birthdays today. Doc Holliday was born on this day in 1851. Ernest Thayer, 1863. Who? Well, he wrote Casey at the Bat. 1888, John Logie Baird, a Scottish inventor, father of the television, was born in Scotland. Uh, 1959, Magic Johnson was born. Um, Halle Berry was born on this date in 1966. Tim Tebow, happy birthday, born in 1987 today. Uh, one other birthday, Montana-related. KXLF Television in Butte began broadcasting on this date in 1953. Uh, one death, 1958. Gladys Presley, the mother of Elvis. She died at the age of 46. Um, on this day in history. There you go. Big thanks today, Nicole Rigoni, for joining us. That's what she said, brought to you by Dinner's Done Right. Hey, uh, get ready to gear up, okay? Dinner's Done Right will take care of everything for you. They will do do literally do it all except cook. All you got to do is take it home and cook it. It's, it's so simple. Uh, get there tonight. Get some food for the weekend. Go tomorrow. Get some food for the weekend. Stock up for the week. It's easy. Dinner's Done Right uh, on Cedar Street. That's what she said. All right, let's do this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Hey, we get a live look thanks to EarthCam at Big Sky, Montana. Is that Lone Mountain up there? No, I would still have snow. Lone, uh, Lone whatever peak. I've only skied a Big Sky once. I wasn't a fan. Uh, but that's Big Sky. Congratulations. I don't know why I said congratulations, but there you go. Oh, man, it's the end of a long week. Um, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Walk-Off is brought to you by Cafe Zydeco, 625 Euclid in Helena, also in Bozeman and Billings. Breakfast beignets sound good for the weekend, right? Well, they're open at 9 a.m. Saturday. You can stop by in Helena and get your breakfast beignets tomorrow uh, or get catfish tonight. I'm throwing catfish on the menu. Or maybe some uh, shrimp etouffee. Something like that sounds good. Uh, I wanted to talk about this real quick. NCAA medical experts held a media call in which Dr. Carlos Del Rio, he's an associate dean at Emory University in Atlanta. And this was his quote. I mean... I feel like the Titanic. We've hit the iceberg, and we're trying to make decisions on what time should we have the band play, end quote. That's in response to whether or not fall sports should happen. Feel like the Titanic. We've hit the iceberg. What time should the band play, and how long should the band play? That is uh, Dr. Carlos Del Rio. We know that Lodgegrass, St. LeBray, and... Um, Northern Cheyenne canceled fall sports today. The first three in the state of Montana. There is going to be more, and we should brace for it. I hope not. I want sports, but we really need to brace for no fall sports in the state of Montana or across the country for that matter. All right, uh, let's do this. Get the music going. Fire it up. We had a great week. Kent or uh, Noah Kovic 
Mo Boyle, Kyle Mahelish, Paul Schwedelson, Scott Evans, Amanda Robertson, Nicole Ragoni joined us this week, today. Next week, Kent Paulson, Jordan Hansen, Lance Hartzler, Mary Lou Cook from Big Sky Conference, Sarah Burnell with an emotional story. We'll talk to the coach, assistant coach of Carroll College Softball next week in studio. JasonWalkerShow.com if you missed anything. We'll have the show up online here shortly. You can watch today. And we'll see you back here Monday. Kent Paulson will join us, Commissioner of the Frontier. Hey, until then, have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. And we'll see you on the golf course. Jason Walker Show. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.